Berisha to Yamati. Durante with a free hitter. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Berisha. Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. And welcome back to All Out West. And we have a doozy of an episode. And just a quick note here, Sam Kerr solidified herself as the Australian highest goal scorer in the crushing defeat of Indonesia. Although we lost to Korea shortly after. It's yeah, it's been a crazy week. WA have extended their border closures further, and three Melbourne teams in the top four with Vuck taking on CCM for the FFA Cup on Saturday. Now this week we are joined by the regulars. Uh, Leb and Kelsey, and we're also joined by Soccer Twitter's whipping boy, mustache enthusiast, <laughs> and big A-League podcaster, Gerald Lynch. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Um, glad to finally be on the show. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been like two years. I think we spoke about this at like one of the early catch-ups. And, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Better late than never. So, definitely. So could you tell us a bit about how you came became involved in uh, Western United and your podcast. Yeah, so for me before, I think it's pretty well known I was a victory supporter, but I was never really that into it. I went to a few games here and there. And then obviously when Western got announced and it's like literally five minutes up the road, it just made sense. So I made the switch over, started coming to games by myself and just met the boys through that. Um, but yeah, the Peak A-League podcast it's a, it's a bit of a different one. It's about 20 to 30 minutes of episodes, just myself, and I sort of just talk crap about the games and stuff that's been happening on social media and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Listening to it, I feel like I know how your mind works. It's like, it's like, like you know when Hunter just me. writing at the desk? I have about like- half a page of notes, and then I'm just kind of blurting out what comes to mind. Yeah, that's so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing as us, but there's a couple of us doing it. It's just, yeah, it's a big fan. We highly recommend checking it out, and we'll put a link in the Appreciate podcast it. description. Um, now, any news going around, Kelsey and Leb? Want to talk about? Uh, not news, but I'm sure we'll get all into it about the games and good win on the weekend. Disappointing result the week before, but uh, no, nah, not too, not too much news. News. Yeah, yeah, okay then. Sick. Well, Sam score, uh, Sam Kerr, obviously, as I said in the intro, is uh highest Australian goal scorer, and it smashed Cahill out of the spot. Is anyone else so happy about this? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I liked Timmy Cahill, like, kind of originally, even though he was an evident player. There was always that little bit of, uh, about him being our top goal scorer. But in his later years, he, like, piped up and he became a bit of a sook, so... I, like, I was turned off him even more, so I'm really glad to see someone as classy as Sam Kerr be our top goal scorer. Yeah. Look, I, I've been enjoying the anti-wokest tears upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, they have been soul-crushed that, you know, there, there's, there's a, someone else, you know, a female top scorer. I'm like, it is just destroying their souls, and I, for one, am enjoying it. <laughs> Definitely. Gerald, any thoughts? Um. Yeah, I think he's blocked me about three or four years ago, so I won't get to remind him about the fact he's no longer number one. But yeah, I don't know. This is what it is. Sam Kerr is probably one of the best Aussies to ever do it, so she deserves her spot at the top. Definitely agree. Now, 
On to a bit of club news now. West United has continued its growing connection with football in Tasmania by welcoming five players to its training academy sessions this week. They're from South Hobart FC and joined up with the West United Academy director, Anthony Frost, and with the extended MPL 321 squad training at City Vista. What do you think of this, the West United extending their relationship with football in Tasmania? Thoughts? I think it's very good. I oh, mean, you... oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, You're on the flow, buddy. Tassie yeah, doesn't have their own A-League club. If we can get the pick of the best talents in the state, we might as well do it if no one else is going to take them. So I'm sure that there'll be a few talents there that we can grab and just yeah, grab for ourselves. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. If you honest, uh, oh, you go, Kelsey. No, you go. Look, if you saw the... Uh, the great turnout that we actually did have, more so for the first game in Tassie, uh, being a weekend game. Second game, I, I wasn't there personally, but uh, the second game wasn't as good from what I heard. But the first game was amazing, and you saw how much the state actually got around it. There was advertisement for it around the place. Uh, the actual day and then the family day afterwards was amazing. You saw the turnout, and it was and to get those junior teams in Tassie to play half, at half time, be on a field during an A-League game as well. It's more of a push for them as well to get to that level where one day they'll be the ones putting on the show. So um, I think it's great. I think as long as Tassie doesn't have their team, why not try and take what catchment they have? Yeah. And the only thing I'll add to that is it's, again, the club keeping the force of creating, you know, whether you're in Tasmania, the West of Victoria, a female, or a male... It's the club keeping the promise of creating proper pathways for juniors to, you know, experience A-League. Yeah, definitely. Not just that. I think it's for a new club to, like, expand ourselves to the fan base and potentially get some people for life from there by making that extra effort. I think it's a good thing overall. Um, Now, not shilling or anything, but I think we should have a look at the new uh, Western Service Crew designs. Are you guys familiar with them yet or...? Yes, I um, I've got the hoodie and shirt here. Actually, if you want me to go and oh, really? Okay, bit. I was just going to bring yeah. up the web page. Um, <laughs> One there you go. I believe in you. Um, so there's a t-shirt for forty bucks plus postage. There's a pretty sick scarf. There's a hoodie, and a singlet. Which, by the type of day it is today, I think we genuinely need it. I think the shirt's been run through the wash, but this is a hoodie. Very oh, nice little design. Good. Got the logo on the front. <clears throat> all west aren't we on the on the sleeves it goes for 60 dollars, which isn't too bad it's pretty much like just above the cost price that they could get so they just wanted as many people in the crew as possible to be able to afford it so yeah i think it'll take about two weeks to get them so definitely worth the investment yeah definitely keen uh i'm really eyeing off that singlet because it is hot as balls today i don't i can see you've got a fish tank in the background uh leb it's definitely a 30 degree day in Melbourne. Um, yeah, just wanted to give it a little spruik. Check it out. We'll put a link in the description of the podcast as well. Big fan of what the service crew is doing. And also all profits from that merchandise is going t- towards future banners, TIFOs, all that jazz. So make sure you check it out. Yeah. And with the victory game in a couple of weeks, we might need that extra funds for another drum. Who knows <laughs> what they've got planned. Did we end up having a megaphone on the weekend? We, we, we did, did have one, but it wasn't working, so... Look, shout out to Dave Babington, though, who actually did source the Mega. So good on him. He saw that the club and the crew needed something and he took some initiative and bought it out of his yeah heart and soul and generosity. So thanks, Dave. 
No, that's good on him. Shout-outs to him. Now, we'll move on because there isn't a lot of news going around just in the club. Uh, so, injury-wise, Pasquale is still done and Renee Crin has been training. I, yeah, that's, I just mentioned it because it's part of the segment, but move on. Now, we'll get on to our game review for Wellington. Now, the story leading to this game, Western United were in hot form with four wins from six games sitting the top three, with Phoenix being on the opposite end of the table with six games with four losses. Both teams were hit hard with COVID, delaying at least two games with 20 ca- cases in the uh, for players and staff for Wu and 17 cases for the Knicks. Due to these issues around the current climate, the Wu game was moved to Phoenix's home away from home um, in Wollongong. And the Nangs were in the air tonight, bolstered with the recent signings, Gael Sandoval, who scored on debut. The Knicks looked hungry, and to be honest, more up to the task. Uh, any starting comments on the game, Gerald? Um, well, I think they started really poorly. Um, but then, especially that second half, it was all us. I think we ended up having about 10 or 12 more shots than what the Knicks did. So it was a case of they just took their chances early, probably off the back of some sloppy defending, and then we were left to be punished. And I think not really surprised given that we hadn't played a game in so long. I was always expecting it to be pretty scrappy, but still disappointing because they're probably a bottom two side. So slip up and lose three points there was unfortunate. Uh, I'm glad that dog's camo uh, got a cameo <laughs> on the podcast today. A shout out dog, whoever's dog that. So I think a defining moment that summarized the game was the early yellow card on the sticker for a professional foul, um, taking into account the lasting effects of COVID and the lack of training for the, the previous two weeks. Do you think these factors contribute to the foul? So Because I, I think the players all look lethargic and out of sync with each other. What do you think, Kelsey? Yeah, look, definitely the um, lack of playing time lack of being able to train and that really um, damaged them. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat went then. Um, like you can see it, this, like the usual defense was a bit disorganized. Um, and we were really inefficient at, up front as well. Like just across the board, you could see that not having that c- continuity really caused a bit of disjointment across the pitch. Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts? Yeah, it did just look like a... Don't know whether it was a tired or a lazy performance, but uh, second half was definitely improvement, but by then it was a bit too late. Sick. Uh, now, um, Leb, as mentioned, Gail Sandoval blindsided our defence mentor score after a poor cl- uh, clearance by Lacroix. Who do you think dropped the ball on this goal and what do you think it stemmed from? There could be a number of factors. Uh, Communication is definitely the first one because to allow that sort of thing to happen, <laughs> players obviously weren't talking to each other enough. And whether that comes down to what I said earlier, whether it was laziness or whether we just weren't up to it because we had had a long time off. It had been nearly a month since our last game. So uh, it could be put down to a number of factors, but the communication is key and whatever caused that communication mixed up, that could be a number of different things. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Gerald? Um, to be fair, yeah, on, on that first goal, the was LaCroix, he put in a bad header, it went straight back down to the Knicks, but he should have had Jamie Young screaming in his ear because Jamie Young was right behind him, ready to catch it. He's like 36 mm. years old, he's been keeping for how long? Just let him know that you're there and take it yourself. That's what a keeper should be doing. It looked like 
in the video that he did do that. Hmm. Well, so it, yeah, like just from that note, has it, to fall it, on, see, on one of their shoulders. Not I sure don't think it was. Do. Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, hmm. Do you think communication was a bit of an issue throughout the game, Gerald? Straight follow up there. There was times it looked like we we're lacking a bit of synergy on the pitch, especially like Diamante was just back to his first season ways of just cracking shots from wherever he likes. And the problem is first season, he's probably scoring a few of them and now he's getting nowhere near it. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought all, especially in that first half, we just looked a bit out of sorts and not really ready for a game. Definitely agree. Hooper followed suit with a ball that went through Garuccio's legs. Kelsey, any thoughts on this mistake? Again, like we just, yeah, I don't know. Like, like they've said, where it could be laziness. I tend to think it was more just that lack of continuity and lack of playing time, and even lack of training time. It just led to basic errors across the pitch, and really, that that we got we grew into the game, and obviously got as we're talking about, we get better in the second half. But we were just very disjointed. Definitely felt that way. Uh, West United have been heavily praised for their defensive prowess thus far this season. What was it that didn't work in this game and how can the team improve? That's an open slatter. Whoever wants to jump on that one. Look, again, I think it's communication. I think it was that continuity that could have been laziness. Don't know whether it was. Uh, Communication and continuity. And I think that was the problem and pretty much just the theme for the whole game. You saw how different it was in our next game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And yeah, it it shows that if you haven't had the time, they probably wouldn't have been training a lot because a lot of people would have been in isolation too. So Mm. different people in isolation at different points picking up COVID, they probably haven't spent a lot of time on the training pitch together either. Completely agree on that one. Um as is tradition, DP came on for Wales in the 61st minute. Do you think this change made us a, as much impact in comparison to Thea Harris's uh, substitution in the 10th minute, uh, 10 minutes later for Payne? I think they both had a positive impact, but it did look like Thea Harris had a bigger impact on the game. He seemed a bit more lively than DP this game. Uh, not to say that Dylan didn't do well himself, but it was just a little bit... Yeah, it was just it was a team performance that was off. You can't really throw too much blame on one or two particular uh, particular individuals. Sorry for uh, this game, Gerald. Any thoughts? Um, I thought they were both good. I liked Thea Harris's game a little bit better, and I'm sort of I, I'm getting to the point where it's like Payne. He hasn't been his best in the last couple of games, but I think he's probably still got enough. Like sort of money in the bank to keep his spot for a few more games and not performing his best. But I don't know how much we've really got out of Wales this season. And I think we brought Thea Harris in, made a big song and dance about it. Why not let him have a few starts in these games and then, you know, see what he's got to give us? Because 15 minutes here and there off the bench isn't really going to do much for his development or much for us. I, I agree with you there. I, I agree Wales has been a bit lackluster this season, but I'd extend that to Dylan Price as well. And I'm not sure if it's complacency or just the the battle for that role because there's a lot of people in that position or capable for that position. So, I, yeah, I've been a little bit let down by that performance. And not so, I'm not a big fan of those players. I was just expecting a little bit more from them thus far this season with how well they performed last season. 
with... what we have to look at as well. Sorry to cut you off there. No, no, you is, go. Jump in. Is, is, is the fact that uh, we're playing a new system this season. And even though our football, we probably look better defensively, uh, our footballs look pretty good with the back four and it looks like it suited some players, it may not necessarily suit everyone. So we might be seeing the couple of uh, drawbacks to switching to a back four with players like Dylan, who would often operate at a right wing back role. He'd get up and down the field really quickly because he'd, and coming from that position instead of from a right wing position, you're able to come late. You're able to come in late and then actually get that time on the ball where you can do something with it. And that's not what's happening with him anymore. The only thing I will say is I doubt Aloisi is likely to drop Wales for whatever. Look, we might not be seeing it, but for whatever reason, Aloisi has been speaking highly of him and saying that he's been doing the job he wants him to do. So although we're not seeing the same goals and that as last year, I have a feeling Aloisi is very happy with the role Wales is playing at the moment. Yeah. You could say it's not like he's not trying. Like he's still putting in, he's, he's one of the hardest workers every game. So. Yeah. It's just not what we're used to seeing from him. Yeah, exactly. Not to negate Mm. him as a player. I'm a big fan. But, yeah, I was expecting a little bit, a few more goals this season after last season. So, yeah. Um, Now onto probably one of the most contentious points of the game. Tomoki Mai was card in the 91st minute for giving Wayne a nice cuddle. Do you think this was warranted? Or did you, like, he hadn't had any earlier cards, so it seemed a bit... Excessive. Just my opinion. Harsh. What do you guys think? It was a harsh, harsh decision. Look, you can see how they did have to go to VAR and look at it and mm. why the referees made his decision. But again, we go back to VAR, clear and obvious. And that's why VAR was originally brought in. And we're seeing less and less of that over the years as it started to evolve. And going back to that original principle of VAR, Nowhere near is that a clear and obvious error by the referee. He gave a yellow card on the pitch. That wasn't an error for me. So I don't think it should have been overturned. If he gave a red card initially, fair enough. But VAR's there to overturn those shocking decisions and get the offside lines right, get um, goals going over the line correctly in the A-League for, and for leagues that don't have goal line technology. Clear and obvious is what it was brought in for and... Yeah, that wasn't clear and obvious any day of the week. Yeah. Any other comments on that? Well, I I thought for a straight red, it was a bit harsh. I mean, red cards are for, you know, tackles or challenges that are going to either be a goal or something that's super dangerous to to the attacker. And, you know, a bit of a hold on Wayne was neither of those things. So, I don't know. I thought it was a bit excessive. Um, So, I don't know what they saw in the VR, VR room to overturn it, but it was probably the wrong call. Yeah. Kelsey, any thoughts? I actually didn't see it due to my internet connection crapping out at the hotel room in Swan Hill where I was watching it from. Oh. <laughs> well, Gerald can, well, Gerald can tell you himself halfway through the game. Oh, were you at my house by that point? How we had oh, to run the TV yeah, down so to the garage halfway through the game. Party at Caleb's, <laughs> and by the, when I got there 10 minutes in, I thought I probably missed the start of the game, but it turns out everyone had missed the start because the TV wasn't working. So we all, and our, our router's down one end of the house, so we did a big run, all of us grabbing the TV and everything we need. Just, hot, 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 just down the hallway, set up in the garage, and it was all good after that. 
Uh, side note, uh, uh, Leb, you're a li- little bit out of sync. The video. The video? Okay. Yeah. About maybe hmm. three seconds. Just a heads up. Might pay to log in, log out quickly. Yeah, I will do that. Uh, yeah, sorry to... <laughs> yep. And uh, Gerald, any other comments on the game? Not really. Like I said, disappointing that we dropped three points, but I think after what we saw on the weekend, it's clear that that was probably just a bit of an aberration of a game for us coming back after a break and all of that. Like You saw how hard we were hit. There was times it was like a half a dozen people training. So I think to get the unity back in the team probably was going to take a week or so. So I don't think it was the end of the world. Yeah. I tend yeah, to agree. I- Based on the performance we saw this week, I chalked the Wellington game down to simple like lack of continuity, lack of playing, training, playing time. It just was what it was. Yeah. And let's talk about the goal, which was probably one of the shining lights of the thing, was in a moment of respite, Theo triple deked, which is a – I typically reference Connor Payne in this context, um, deked Wellington and managed to pass to an open listic to crawl one back for the boys in green. As we've already kind of discussed, we want to see more of Theo. Is there anything else from this game that we can learn? Communication matters. Yeah. Agreed. Honestly, yeah, that's all I really get from the game. Even as good as Theo was, you've seen how we have performed for the rest of the season. And I think that was one of our off days. Oh, and training matters. Getting that time yeah. to train in <laughs> as well. It shows that all those little things do matter. Agreed. Uh, just one more thing to take away. I thought... Uh, earlier in the season, we had the you know all season we've been running Lustiger and Kilkenny in the midfield, and we've sort of been like, "Where's Crin so we can drop Lustiger?" But to be honest, I think these last few weeks, Lustiger has been the one that I've been more impressed with, and I'm sort of getting a bit sick of Kilkenny. So I think when Crin is finally ready, whenever that may be, not that he's going to be a walk up starter, but I think Lustiger in the last few weeks has almost done enough to secure his position when more competition comes. It's a good That's headache a- for John Aloisi to have. Yeah, that's a de- definitely. I'd always gone like thought the Listicker front, but he's performed greatly. Mc- uh, Kilkenny isn't without his merits, though. Like he's really mm. been covering a lot of Diamante's mm. follies, which is d- defensively he's gotten back to shore up when Diamante's pressed too forward and left us exposed. That's just from my perspective of the game. I'm happy to be wrong, but that's kind of what I've seen. And also, he can take free kicks for us. You know what I mean? That's mm. good to have someone who's decent at that. Uh, we'll go on to player of the year. Now, I'll read out because we did this. We're supposed to do a podcast last week, but we didn't get around to it. So, Kelsey, you did three to Listicker, two to Riz, one to Dia. Leb, you did three to Riz- Risden, two to Listicker, one to Garuccio. Jay did three to Listicker, two to Rizzo, one to Theo. I did three to Listicker, two to Dia, one to Garuccio. Uh, uh, as our guest, Gerald, would you like to contribute to our player of the year? For the, for the Wellington game? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think we gave I've, you the I've worst game enough. to do, didn't I, we? I don't think I remember enough from that game. We ended up spending about 20 or 30 minutes of it playing a bit of backyard cricket. So, uh, yeah, we'll wait for the second half. I don't <laughs> want to skew the results with some wrong memories. Who wants backyard cricket out of the crew? Uh, they just, there was no winner or loser because it was just a short game, but there were a few good bowls. A few good I'm pretty hits sure I got then... on a hat trick at one point, so I'd be, yeah. I'd be right up there. Yeah. Just, uh, we'll give three points to Gerald this week, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's a, nah, that game was a bit of a letdown, but understandable in the context of where the team were. Post-COVID, post-couple weeks of that training, 
man, like that's understandable. But half the people could have had still had respiratory issues post COVID. Like the long, like long-term effects of COVID can be really bad for people. And especially with some of our older players, it could be quite bad. Well, the effects still aren't even fully known. So exactly. yeah, you don't know how it impacts different people differently. I've heard of people recovering really well and then others that are struggling a little bit after picking up COVID. Completely agree. Uh, do we want to move on? To, we won't say who's winning the player of the year comp. Uh, Kelsey, are you going to do the city game? Yeah, I can do the city game. So on Saturday, 29th of January, we took on Melbourne City at Amy Park. And Melbourne was green and black after his third straight mugging of our future Eastern rivals. Some backstory as we lead into this game. Depending on which City fan you talk to, they were missing between four to six key players due to international duty. This included Naboo, McLaren and Leckie, who were all pivotal to the City team. That said, the team they played could rival a number of other A-League teams, including the Wanderers. Now, this game was a big one for us, given the two losses, a COVID break, and it was also top of Stanley's 350 professional game. Typically, Western United shit the bet on occasions such as this, but not to spoil the result, but we fucking did it. Yeah. I can tell what you wrote this. Yeah, that's 100% how I speak too. I was wrong oh, no. to you. Take the, you took the fun game to talk about. That's how I, that's even how my brain works. Um, so I would, but to get to go into how you would talk to, I would like to congratulate Nikolai on a stellar career, and I am so glad he landed at our club. Looking back at the signing, how do you think he performed, Leb? How do you think uh, he's performed? Yeah. Oh, I think he's been quite quite good. He's exactly what I expected. He's He came in to replace Andrew Durante as that older head in the changing room that can still play, that's still got the quality there and still has the legs at 36 years. 36, am I right? I think so. Yes. I think so, 36. At his age, a little bit younger than Dura, but he's still he's been there, he's done it, he's been in the A-League and overseas. He's won an Asian Champions League. He's had an amazing career and he's still got it for another couple of years. So, uh, especially with Smokey out, I think being his 350th, he probably would have got the start anyway, Nikolai. But uh, with Tomoki out, he came in and just pff, seamless, like Tomoki was on the pitch. And that's what we've got now. We've got three really good centre-backs that can... One can drop out with suspension or injury and we can have another one come in and replace him seamlessly. And that, that not getting ahead of me, it is, that's what champions need. If you want to compete at the top end of the table, at the table, you need to have players in your squad that come in and just do the job as if your first 11 would. Yeah, that is exactly right. It's the only way. And then, in a class move, City joined in on a guard of honour as he was carried off. How did you feel about that, Gerald? Oh, it was good. I, I think they were pulled up by Scott Jamison. Most of the players, especially the younger core, was just heading down the, the race. And then Scott Jamison said, no, we're going to do this. And he's only the second player to reach 350, the other one obviously being Durante. So, yeah, it was really good from Scott Jamison to see that. And I'm sure when he gets to that part of his career, he'll still be around and, and I'm, I reckon would return the favour. So, it was good. Definitely. It, it was a... Good piece of leadership from their from their team. Yeah, very easy um, in a loss, especially as narrow as that, to just go, we're just going to walk off and do it. But for them to still stand out there and, and do that in a loss shows a lot about their character as well, I think. Yeah. Now, on to the game. 
This was a nail-biter with City dominating possession early with multiple shots on goal and in our defensive area. Wallace, what were your thoughts during the early barrage from uh, the likes of Kolakowski? I was uh, shitting my pants a little bit because Kolakowski's quality, that's they have, they have one of the best academies in the league and they're consistently creating good, pro- good players. We've got a number of their ex-players. So I was shitting my pants, but the boys managed to turn it around eventually. And although we didn't do as well possession-wise or the number of passes, did pretty good. And our backline withstood the pressure. If anyone yeah. else wants to Anyone check else? Uh, I might have been after the few beers, but I wasn't biting my nails as much as you were, I don't think, Wallace, even though they... I was watching it home, do- I wasn't... Yeah, I think even with their early dominance, I I don't know, it's just one of those feelings when they were shooting, they were having possession, they were having shots. The shots weren't fantastic ones, though, and I think that instilled <laughs> a little bit of confidence in our team. Yeah. And our fans. Yeah. Well, it can look very different too at the game versus on a TV screen. Because you're getting on a TV, you get the angle they choose to give you. Yeah. No, and the so narrative that they push. That's true. Um, so City obviously um, dominated possession with 59%, but this fizzled out with only three shots on target. I think the true pillar was of the game was actually City's Glovesman Glover. He actually played a fantastic game. Um, he had five solid saves, including Diamante's penalty. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. On the note of the penalty for the handball, do you guys think it was the right call? I think so. They went back and had a look. It definitely hit his arm, and it was in a scoring position, so I thought it was a pretty good decision, yeah. Yeah, his arms weren't in a natural position, so you can't even... If it was on the other foot and it was us who conceded that, I don't think we'd be able to have too many complaints. No. I think we're all unanimous on that decision. And then, as a follow-up, who do you guys think should have taken the penalty? Kilkenny. He's got a fantastic record of penalties in the A-League. It's either he's only missed one or he hasn't missed any. Uh, Something along the lines of that. Uh, Yeah, I think he should be taking penalties. Priyavich. Priyavich was on the park. He's literally our striker. Yeah, but a striker doesn't always relate to a good penalty taker. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're, they're different skills. They are different if you're skills. Talking, if you're talking penalties, Diamante scored one in the Euro finals. So I think it's easy to speculate now that he didn't score it and go, we should have given it to someone else. But he's been our penalty taker since the start. And I, from memory, I, I don't really remember him missing one. I remember him scoring quite a few. So I think it sucks that he, he missed. It was a really good save as well. Mm. But, um, you know. So, oh, fantastic. He has missed one in our early games when we were playing at um, Caroline Springs. First, where he, first uh, ever game. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he said that into, you know, the atmosphere. But other than that, yeah. he's been It's still consistent. orbiting. It's, it's like a satellite now. Elon Musk. That, one, that one was out of here. That, <laughs> that was a miss. Um, yeah. So, following the 66th minute, uh, in which we subbed for Ice for Payne, Lestick scored a beautiful goal to the right corner of the net, which stemmed from a deflection. Not to negate Listicker, do you think he'd be in our star starting level consistently um, this season? He's having a banger of a season. Well, as we discussed before, um, yeah. you, would, you wouldn't call Karina walk-in anymore. So, mm. Listicker, uh, you do have to remember, uh, 
signing him in the uh, mid-season window in our first season, you saw how much of a fantastic impact he had in that second half of our first season and in the little finals run that we had. And last season, he did drop off a little bit. Who knows why? But this season, I think he showed his quality in his class. And you have to remember, he's a player that's won championships with Brisbane Raw. Uh, he's been, been there and done it around the A-League with a few different clubs, had stints overseas as well. He's still relatively young at 29, 30-ish, I think he is. And he can, he can still keep going. He's in the prime of his career. So why, why is there any reason he can't keep performing like this for two, three more seasons? Anyone else? Um, I just, it's an interesting point. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track. We've only had the four goal scorers for this season. So I think Wenzel Hall scored against City and Adelaide and maybe Perth. I think he scored three. Adelaide and Brisbane. Per, uh, Payne scored them. Previch scored one. Consolation against Victory. But and now Lustica's turn. He scored two. So it's sort of been a season of having, like in the periods we've had, like we haven't had, like Payne one week, Wenzel Hall's the next. It's been like three Wenzel Hall's goals, two Payne, one Priovic, and now two for Lustica. So I, I'm interested to see who it's going to be next, or if we can actually score multiple goals in a game because we're still yet to do that under Aloisi. Well, it might be Wales' turn, as we explained before. Could be. Yeah, him not scoring enough. So, But yeah, it does seem like those purple patches, not performance-wise, but scoring-wise from those players. Mm. They're getting certain streaks when it comes to scoring. Mm. Hang on. It? Maybe... It, mm, no, I don't think we're going in any particular set order. I think it's just <laughs> a little bit random. All right, so then uh, I guess we'll just say, are there any final thoughts on the game? I've actually got a thought. Was anyone um, impressed by, like, not impressed, but, like, happy with the uh, actual attendance for the game, which is 4,740, which is happening during the Australian Open? It was quite good. Uh, You go, Caleb. No, 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 you go, Gerald. Um, Well, Victory had their game, uh, albeit it was in Geelong, uh, and they got 2,000 on the dot pretty much there. Now, it's a cup game. It was a semi-final. So for us to more than double, that was pretty good considering obviously City brought a number of their own fans. But, um, you know, looking at their end, they had the three bays and then there was a few more City supporters scattered around the wings. I, I wouldn't have thought there'd be more than 1,000 to 1,500 City supporters there. It was definitely a, a Western-dominated crowd. So that was a pretty good uh, attendance for us given COVID and the Australian Open and the weather and everything. Yeah, that gets straight to the point that I was going to say, Gerald. It's it's hard in these times with COVID because even though the games are going ahead and people are able to attend as long as they're fully vaccinated and, and the like, uh, there's still people that are very hesitant about going to bigger events and getting out of the house and mixing with people that they don't know. People even hesitant about having to go to work and having to go to the shops. So you do understand why uh, the attendances, and it hasn't just been us, it has been across the whole league. The attendances have mm. dropped this season because of because of that, because there are people who are scared out there and they have every, every right to be as well. Yep. The other thing I'd add to that too is the constant changing of the fixture, having to adapt to play like teams not being able to play due to COVID, so they're having to reschedule games. is also, I think, throwing out people's schedules because, you know, they're expecting to go to one game, all of a sudden it's cancelled, it's moved to another time slot, a different day, they'll plan to go to a game and they can't they no longer attend that game. Yeah, Did there's a number little... of different factors. 
Did I just put in a, a thing there? I'm just on Ultimate A-League. Shout out Ultimate A-League. Great site. We are currently sitting at 4,214 average for the year. Uh, for the season, Not sorry. And, 21, and 21,000 overall. Our average per game is 4,214. 4, 4, Central Coast is 4,720. For 14,000 This is for home games? This is, yeah. yeah, this is for home games. And we are currently third last in... Yeah, average. Well, you'd expect Wellington to be last because that's just... Yep, and then it's MacArthur. You know, nothing MacArthur. you can do about that. Yeah. And MacArthur overall are at 11,736. You dare say almost half of where we're at. But Sydney FC, biggest club, one of the biggest clubs in the country, average is 5,625 for a total of 33. Yes, we're 10, uh, 12,000 below their total. On average, we're not far off the... Not far off. For a club Look, that's it's not, it's not, the worst, not, not the worst thing in the world. You see people on social media, they can laugh all they want, but it takes time to build up a fan base in a club. And hey, especially hey, with COVID, not, it's been difficult. Not everyone is the Oceania team of the, the decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pointless man. award I've ever seen. But it is interesting that you obviously nah, Wellington... Nah. Sorry, Gerald, I'll cut you off there. The most pointless award is the uh, World War II Cup that West Ham won as their only <laughs> major trophy back in the day. Shout out, Benny. Um, <laughs> but just on that, obviously, Wellington's kind of doesn't really count because if they were playing in Wellington, they'd probably be averaging, I don't know, seven or 8,000 is their, their usual figure. So mm. for us and MacArthur, the two new teams to be sitting at the bottom with a fair bit of distance and to some other clubs. I, I wonder, is that what the APL expected when they brought us in? Were they, is it, are they happy to wait a long amount of time for us to build our bases or is they're now like a bit of worrying in their camps about like, have they made the wrong decisions picking these teams? I don't know. Can, Obviously it's hard to tell crowds numbers right now, but it's a bit concerning. We're in a little bit of a different boat to MacArthur in the fact that we are building a purpose-built stadium and the plan oh, yeah, from the get-go sure. was that we weren't going to be, a get, be getting a lot. But that's something to bring more people in, in a, in a closer demographic. That will entice more people to come. It'll be easier access for a lot of people, the one stadium every week. It seems like MacArthur don't have that draw card and you wonder where it is going in the future from here. For sure, but just quickly on us as well, Right now, at a normal home game, since it's not a derby, we're playing, say, Sunday afternoon against Brisbane or something. We're probably going to put 3,000. So I struggle to believe that a stadium, although it's going to be great for us, great for the area, is going to magically put in another 12,000 passionate fans that are going to come every week. Like it's No, no, it's, it won't, it won't so be that It's concerning to me that we're not really growing. If anything, we're going backwards in attendances from where we're uh, I think you'll find that the average is still pretty consistently. It's still going, like not consistently, but it's going up. It's still up on the previous years. I think you'll find at the moment because I believe last year's was an average of three something. And then so the season was our best, club, but that's because COVID hadn't hit. Sorry, Carl. The first yeah. season was the best, but COVID hadn't yeah, it hit. Was. We are yeah, in times exactly. with COVID as well. We do have to remember fixture fixture reschedulement throws out people's schedules. And then on top of that, but, just the danger of being out there at the moment. It makes sense why attendances have dropped because we're not the only club that attendances have dropped over the past couple of years. Either. Yeah, it is. It's a consistent, like, steady drop between all clubs and all sports. But you know, we're still at the bottom. So no, I, I can speak to the growth of the club. So the, obviously, the club are hoping for a bit more growth than what we're getting. But I do know the the plan is for the club to sort of grow with the population of wind as the 
because Wyndham's the second fastest growing municipality in the country. The idea is for the populate for the club to grow with the population. That's always mm. it's always been like a 15, 20 year vision overall. It's not like mm. a within five years where, you know, in the top three biggest clubs in the land, it's you know in it's long term. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm channeling Jay here. I think we're playing four D chess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're just <laughs> Back and forth and back and forth, but it is a, yeah. it is it is a good point as well, Gerald. So I think it's something yeah. that's worth discussing. Yeah. It's a good conversation. That's the point of this is to discuss. So, mm. um, any final comments on this game? Fuck City. <laughs> I think uh, it was a good win, but again, if we didn't, if we if we lost, it would have been a very bad loss. Given they didn't have a striker, they were without. Metcalf and a few others, but yeah, we take three points and keep on building. Yeah. yeah. Now on to player of the year, Gerald. Do you, do you want to participate in this one? Do you want to yes. Look, you want to look, yeah. Ready. Okay. Who, who you got? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Or do you want to go last? Uh, I'll go last. Okay. So Kelsey three to Rizzo, two to Young, one to NTS. Uh, Leb three to Rizzo, two to Listicker, one to Young. Jay three to Rizzo, two to NTS, one to Listicker. Scott, three to Rizzo, two to NTS, one to Listicker. Me, I did three to Listicker, two to NTS, one to Young. All very um, similar. I'm going three to Rizzo as well. He was just so controlled down the back. He does heaps up and back. Two, you guys didn't have him in there, but I thought LaCroix was really good, especially after last week. He was a bit shaky. So many times he just controlled the ball in the air and on the ground, so I thought he was worthy. And then... One vote, it was tossing up between Lustica because he scored and Topple Stanley, but I'm going for Topple Stanley. Um, just slotted in there really well for his 350th. He's been getting better and better since we signed him. Yeah, he's, he's always been quality. He's just He was surrounded by Newcastle Jets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout out, out Cross by Capers. <laughs> I think we still shout him out every episode, so that was a good thing for so, destroying everyone at the moment. Any guesses for who's at the top of the player of the year? Risden. Oh, I think just picked up about 12 votes there. <laughs> yeah, he's had a cop 15. He's been consistent. But, uh, yeah, he's on 51 points. Yeah. Payne at 33. Lacroix at 27. Kilkenny at 23 coming up fourth. And the sticker fifth at 20. I thought Young would be in there too, honestly, because he's got a Young fair few votes over the week. He's tied fifth. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's getting a lot of. I think he's getting a lot of ones as opposed to threes too. Yeah, and I don't Whereas want to have to bring up threes like yeah. he's collecting yeah. threes for fun. Yeah, I don't want to have to bring up this meme, but that's why he ain't getting like any points. Like it's that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. bad. Now, now, I'm just going to go into something a little bit different. Okay. Now, if you're as passionate about West United as we are, you won't want to miss any of the season's A-League action. The easiest, quickest, and best way to catch up every game from every angle is with the A-League Live app. Search for A-League Live or Sportsmate in the Apple Google Play stores. Big fan. That's how we write our things. It makes my day easy. Big fan of it. Now, do you guys want to get into game previews? Yes, let's do it. I like your enthusiasm, Gerald. We've had a bit of a shake-up with the previews this week as well. Yeah, we've got two yeah. games this week. This will be yeah. coming out on Tuesday morning. And yeah. on Tuesday night, 
Um, with a few days rest, the green and black take on the Bulls at Campbelltown Stadium on Tuesday. The I spelled that terribly in the run sheet. First of the second. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's a half yeah. Tuesday, half Tuesday hybrid. Yeah, it's spell check. I don't know. I don't know what F seven is. Yeah. Um, no, you've killed me with that one. <laughs> now, here's the big question about this game: thoughts on the mascot name for MacArthur Bulls, Arthur Bull. Arthur Bull. Look, it's not the worst thing in the world. Could have been worse. Not a fan. Could have been. Just want to breed out, Gerald. Gerald been thoughts. It's a someone. bit boring. I mean, where does Arthur come from? I, I don't that, know. That's what I was about to Mac, ask. What's the point? What's Mac, the, where's the Arthur, Arthur coming from? Mac, they should have oh, named it. Oh. They should have <laughs> named it Mick. They should have named it Mick Arthur. Yeah. That's yeah. Mick Arthur. Or Macca. Macca would have been a very Aussie. Yeah, Macca would have worked. That's where I would have gone. Or bullshit. Or yeah, mm. I don't know. But it's just. I remember I, I did put in an option for that poll, but I forget now. I'll try and remember by the end of the pod. That's all good. Now, Leb, with a short turnaround time, what are your expectations as we take on the what this was fourth place? I haven't checked the ladder since I wrote this a couple yeah. of days ago. Um, fourth, now, but same thing. I'll update you. Give me a second. Yeah. I'm checking the no, alien live app. They're right? still fourth. What What are your expectations, um, other than vaping? Uh, look, it could it could go um, either way. And now fifth, fifth now. Okay, uh, Central Sydney, jumped above them, maybe. Yeah, oh, Adelaide, 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 Adelaide. Yep. Uh, look, could go either way. Uh, you could look at it as they're going to be fresh because they haven't played, and we've got a quick turnaround. Or it could go the other way with them because they've had some time off, uh, like we did before our Wellington game. So it's very hard to predict. Uh, unfortunately, I think they will just have the edge being at their stadium. And, yeah, it could be a little bit tough for us. A bit negative, yeah. Caleb. I'm going to go the other way, yeah, to just be honest. A, I think, yeah, a little um, bit negative, but I'm <laughs> honest about it. Um, so the Bulls last played on Boxing Day, same time when we had our break. They lost 3-0. Before that, they'd won four in a row. So now... That plus the fact they haven't played in, it's going to be six weeks. It's literally impossible to know what they're going to come out with. But I think given that, you know, we saw how we played after a long break. Theirs is even longer. I think we can beat them. And I think it's going to be 2-1 for us. Um, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of rotation. This might be the game where we get to see, um, you know, Pieris or Theahara start. We're going to get Imai back. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, look, I expect in one of the next two, Dylan Wenzel Halls will start one of the two as well. Um, yeah. With this game, have, have they been off due to COVID as well? Yeah. Yeah. So and they wouldn't have been able to train either. Cup. Mm. Yeah. So it depends how much training and how much simulation they've been able to get into their legs will really go a long way to how well they perform. But again, training doesn't cover, you know, game time. Like, there's nothing like actually playing the full 90 on the pitch. You know, you can simulate it all you want, but you're not going to go as hard as against another team. So, it'll be interesting. I think I'll probably sit in the middle and say it's probably going to be our first draw of the season. Oh, interesting. Be cool. I'm yeah. expecting... I'm going to say we're going to win. Got to back the boys. Uh, be biased <laughs> as hell. Um, young with a hat trick. Um <laughs> That's nah, Scotty with a, Scotty with the Adric. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna it's gonna be a grueling one. I'm gonna go two one. 
going to back the boys, Prijevic and Wales to score. Just, I'm just, I, I hope. Not yeah. with Dicker again? <laughs> no, no, he's going to have a, he's going to have a chill week. He might get a, yeah. get a manicure or something. I don't know. Oh, look, one of them might get arrested in midfield, Tim or Kilkenny tomorrow as well. You never know. Or today, as of this uh, recording of the, or as of the release of the pod. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be uh, close to a year since we've actually beaten the Bulls because we haven't actually beaten them since February 20, 2021, which uh, we've been pants once by them. So, ho- and yeah. So, hopefully, we can get that up again. Um, do you think the ground will be in a suitable condition? <sighs> no, surely. They've had enough time to sort it out. The the last game they played there, it still wasn't. It's not been perfect. So I, you know, they're back in playing games now. Like we saw last week, Wollongong, that ground was pretty below par. So I'm sure it'll be up good enough to be at a playing standard. But I don't know what to expect with the weather as well that they've had. Yeah, it's been a bit of a nuts one. It's been humid and also heaps of rain. It's gonna be a good time. I'd say for the lols, to be honest. Um, <laughs> now any. Comments on this game going ahead. It's a Tuesday night. Oh, it's good to see week weeknight football for me, but other than that, I'm it's, it's yeah. a bit meh. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, I prefer weekend football. Obviously, you can get together with a few mates and watch it if it's an away game. Tuesday night's a bit yeah. hard. Sit at home, have yeah. a couple of light frothies, and then go to bed. Light frothies? Um, light, yeah. light, light, <laughs> light frothies. Light. <laughs> Can't flex. I've been drinking. I was drinking Captain Sensibles for all of like November and Decem- December, so I can't flex. Uh, we'll move on to a much more interesting game. So on Saturday, our rescheduled game, we're taking on the currently. Uh, so we're taking on West City Wanderers, as Carl Robinson has been fired, and they've taken on the <laughs> USB missing Rudan. Where do you think this is going to go? Is this is this just oh. good for banter, Gerald? Where are you going to uh, be at? Are you going to be meeting a lot? Are you going to be? It's extremely exciting. I woke up, got onto Twitter this morning, and what the first thing I saw was Mark Rudan has been signed by the Wanderers. I mean, look, he's a good coach. You know, he. I think what happened with us is he lost mm. the players at the end, and you know, we just we had it wasn't our season, but we we saw the year before with us and the year before that with the Knicks. He's obviously a good coach. He's very well spoken. I always like listening to him. But I I mean, we know his backstory as well and the issues that he's had and I don't know if it's the best morally uh, for them to appoint him. But while they're looking for another coach while they're waiting for Alan Sajic to become available, I don't think he's the worst appointment. Um but in terms of this game, I think obviously they're gonna be up and about. Whenever there's a new manager, teams always play well, but they've got a game on Wednesday against the Glory. So hopefully they get that out of their system then when they go back to being as poor as they were on the weekend when Brisbane smashed them. I think we still win comfortably. Well, with the two games this week, Rudan's not gonna get a lot of time to get him on the training pitch to start to implement his philosophy. We know he's gonna to want to play an attacking brand, obviously, because that's how he, you know, managed the Knicks, that's how he managed us. So we know he's gonna. So it's gonna be very interesting to see the contrast of his attacking style versus Aloisi's. Make sure things are right at the back when moving forward. Question for all of you fellas: Is he gonna bring the back five to West? City? I was about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he will. Rudan definitely. I think he will in time. Back. Yeah, might be a little bit too early. I don't he know if you just saw the banner I made. I just I saw did it. Just he will. <laughs> uh, there's probably not much yeah, he about it. Oh, nice banner though. Thank you. Last I, time, it, 
<laughs> but that goes to my point too. He's going to play five at the back. Will they be used to playing five at the back and they're not going to get a lot of time to practice playing the five at the back? Mm. Exactly. Uh, last time that Rudan was at that stadium was a 5-0 result. So hopefully he's on the same end of it this time, but who knows what to expect. They might get the new manager bounce as well. Who knows? Because mm. there's supposed to be a lot of issues at Wanderers. And I, I like judging by... there at the moment. Yeah, I judge it by the the best meme page that I I one of the meme pages I like the most is uh, what should we call it? Just give me a second, because so I just want to shout out because it just gives me so much joy. Uh, Western Sydney uh, Sydney memers, that's their their displeasure at Rudad's announcement has made me so happy because we've we've lived it. Um, but he was good for us in the uh, in the short term. I think he might be able to do that this season. Um, he's not a bad coach. Yeah. No, I've got uh, nothing against him. I've got to run, lads, but thank you very much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we'll do it again enjoy. shortly. Yeah, yeah fun deal, man. Good to have you See on. You next time. Thank you, lads. Wicked. Um, any other comments on the West Sydney Wanderers game? Uh, no. You go. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it could go again. New manager bounce. You don't know how they're going to go, but they have been really poor and the sort of players that brought in their players that you kind of wouldn't want in your team like would we want Jack Rodwell after watching someone until I die knowing how he is behind the scenes it seems like more toxicity has just been added and added to Western Sydney to the point where they're actually going to need to do some sort of clean up of it I don't see them having a good season I don't see them making finals this season Rudin might pull them out a little bit more than Carl was doing but yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they'll get the manager bounce against Perth, but again, until he gets time to actually train them, implement his ideas, work out what's going on at the club, mm. you know, they're not getting many days yeah. between, the, you know, they're doing the same as us, they're playing the three games in the week, but we've got that training continuity, already know the game plan, so it's sort of automatic for the players, even if we're rotating, I, I know this is my role, I know this is what I'm meant to do. They're going, exactly. what do we do? Against Perth, and they're going, oh crap! It's three days later. What are we doing now? I, I do still they, think we win that game. Yeah, do they have the uh, the squad, the depth to actually cope with a quick turnaround? Because as we spoke about before, we were talking about our depth players coming in seamlessly. Do they have that? I don't think they do. No, and I don't see how they if they because Wonders been Wonders haven't been playing five at the back so far, have they? Uh, not as far as I know, no. No, so you know, all of us like I said, do they have the players to be able to do that and to be able to rotate and have five at the back? I don't those wing backs get but, run hard in a but, Rudan side, and I don't think they're going to have the right amount of wing backs that they're going to need to be able to run in Rudan style yeah. of play. I think it's for two back to back games. I think it looks it'll like be they're a case running a finding out in the next few weeks what they're really made of under a new coach. If you see that they flounder. You see that it's going to take a little while for them to turn things around, and I'm not just talking I also, this season. Yeah. I'm talking future seasons to come. And given the toxicity at the club, this is sort of like a free hit for Rudan. If they do well, he looks like a million bucks. If he does, if they do bad, well, it's not really his fault. He was taken over a poison chalice to begin with. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a better. Uh, Better for him than the club, his appointment, honestly. Yeah, he, he can't he lose out of this. Won't, he, no, he won't, he won't be judged as harshly as he was at us or even the Knicks. 
No, um, it's not a free hit. Just to clarify that, it looks like they predominantly ran a back four. So yeah, yeah so again, it, it seemed that way from watching them. I just had a quick look Sorry. at the lineup of the previous games on A League Live. That's what they had on there. So I'm assuming so. I haven't watched that many West Sydney Wanderers games this season because we haven't actually played them yet. So no, no. So but yeah, again, I, I just don't see where they get the squad depth to be able to implement it in back to back games in the space of three, four days. How do you think our squad's going to cope with this? Do you think we're going to like go light on the MacArthur Bulls game and head for the summit on this one? Or No, that's not Aloisi's style. I think he'll try and go for the win in both games, but he'll, it's just whether or not he gets the combination right in both games. Mm. Um, yeah, I, any score predictions then? Uh... I'll be the positive one this time, and I'll say that we'll win this one quite comfortably. Probably a not not a smashing, but a two nil. That's what so I thought Scott's... too. I thought this is the game where we get multiple goals. Yeah. So Scott's going to be happy. Scott's going to be very happy then. Shout out Scott. No, uh, only if Ryan Scott starts too will he be happy. Yeah. Well, if we've got a quick turnaround, who knows? We might be playing Scotty one of these two games as well to give him a chance. You never know. Mm. You don't, but I'm just saying that's how Scott would be happy with if we scored two and Ryan Scott was there with a clean sheet, that'd be Scott's just winter wonderland. I, I don't think he'd end up home that night and Lauren probably wouldn't be too happy with him. <laughs> <laughs> Safe bet. Now we'll move on. Uh, the tipping comp, and I forgot to do banners this whole episode, so I'll do one now. I did one in the joke earlier. Oh, so your first banner, not. though, was pretty good. He will play yeah, back I... five. I mean, that was a great first-up banner. You guys had already said it before I'd done it, though. I was pretty late. I was like, come on, type faster. Those year nine administration classes will pay off because they didn't have an electrical <laughs> class. Remember when um, we all got done for copying off one another? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Western suburbs, yo. Suburbs, yo. Um, so let's get on to it. I'm going to share the screen, get ready. Just bear with me, guys. You can continue talking. Um, so this is the current ladder. Uh, Woodster 99 currently going to win the prize pack and trophy. Methodical Flamethrower, great name. I appreciate that. Sounds like a song that Cannibal Corpse would make. Uh, coming second. Tied with Christopher Russell. I'm coming out fourth. All that pest. The Joker Baby's really come back. Uh, Atrax, you're really letting the team down. This is our first mention for the podcast. Tied for um, sixth, uh, fifth. Nick thinks he's doing a lot, doing well. Where is Nick? He thinks he's coming up. Uh, Leb's tied for ninth with Jeff FFS and Irish Tony. Um, yeah, Sherlock, he's coming fifteenth. Uh, have been hard. Tips have been hard this season with all the postponements and changing yeah. of fixtures. Sometimes you've needed to, yeah, do it within twenty-four hours. So I have missed a lot. I've missed a couple myself. But uh, shout out. This is going to be a fun one. Make sure to do your tips. We've got a good prize. A, it's likely going to be something very good, so I recommend everyone doing it. Plus the coveted toilet seat trophy, which Andrew Tran is currently the holder of, and you'll have to take him in a barbed wire death match to win it off him. I I'm, had I'm to remind him again yesterday to take a photo with that trophy so we can actually post a nice picture of him. I've, I've asked him many times. Give us the photo, bro. I dropped that off to yeah. his house during COVID. 
because I want to bring the joy to his day. Pick up your pick up your game, eh, Trax? Now we'll move on around the grounds. So we mentioned earlier, victory pulled apart Wellington and GMHBA in the FFA Cup to make it to the finals, which they will verse CCM, which is going to be a pretty interesting game. For the first time, the comp will be aired on prime time on Saturday the 5th, which is why our game was rescheduled versus the victory to Wanderers. With a pre-game where they will announce the future name of the comp, it's going to be Australia Cup. We all know it. They've, I believe they've registered the IP. But what are you guys' mm. thoughts on the fact that the FFA Cup is finally getting the value it deserves by getting primetime air? Yeah, what do you guys think? I'm thrilled about the primetime air. I think this is what Australian football needs, like big games in primetime TV. Like that, That's the all yep. feel. Like, that's the start of it. Like, Australia Cup name, I'll... Just whatever it is, it's going to be what it is. I can't complain about it. Like, it's going to be the name. It's going to be the name. Like, it's I not what that. I would have called it, but mm. it is what it is. But I'm happy to see, you know, Australian football getting primetime TV. Yeah, I don't, have much, I don't have much more to add on that. It's pretty much spot it's on sick. what Kelsey said. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just good for the sport. It's good for the sport. Yeah, it's the only way it grows is if it's exposed. Yep. Oh. I don't even want to make jokes there, buddy. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> now, God. in some of the hugest news, and I'm oh, so glad to be here. Dog is on the Central Coast. He's scored in his maiden game. This actually relates to our first episode with Leb and Jay. Leb, are you personally gutted we didn't get the Come Dog millionaire? Uh, uh, look, I would have liked him. I'm just happy he didn't go to like Victory or Sydney or, or Victory or Sydney or even Sydney or somewhere like that. Um, I can get around him at the Mariners. I'll be cheering him on on Saturday night. Hopefully, he. I'm happy he went second, to a club second, with second or third exposure. Yeah, it's yeah. what second or third game where he'll actually be playing. Lift the title with the Mariners. No better way to introduce yourself to Australian football. Can I just add in there? I believe they're getting him clearance to play in the game because he currently doesn't have it as of recording on Monday. I did hear that because he's come. Yeah, he hasn't been in the earlier rounds and stuff. He wasn't in the actual uh, named squad for that competition. But let's hope he plays because it's good good advertisement for Australian football. Good advertisement for him, and if he's someone who's striving for the Socceroos, if anyone saw your saw his post game interview after the Sydney game yesterday, uh, mm. he's he's driven. He's he's ready mm. to go. He is ready to go. I just like to add to that he's also a character. He's interesting to watch. That's something. There's not not a lot of players have the X factor. Diamante has it. Del Piero has it. You know what I mean? There's Barisha, players. That- had it. Exactly. Because okay, yeah. uh, uh, Honda didn't have it. Like he he no. he was like he wasn't big in out. Like he was big in the Japanese market and like amazing player. Mm. But again, I don't think we cap like the league capitalized on that. You look even Harry Kuehl didn't have yeah. that sort of no. enticement. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you want that to translate to bums on seats. And I think because I I view it as a league wide thing. The more better players we have, the more interesting players we have. That bums on seats, eyes on TVs. It's it's good for everybody. Yeah. So it's a good move for um, yeah. Australian football, good move for the sport, and I am just would have liked him at us, but I'm just glad he didn't go to, yeah, Victory City. 
somewhere like that. Somewhere where I can actually watch as a neutral and enjoy him as long as it's not against our team. But, yeah, but again, it's good seeing a player with X Factor going to a club who could use some X Factor at the club and getting the club some exposure. 100%. You know, a Sydney or a victory, they don't need the exposure that the Central Coast sorely needs. Or even us, we, we could use some more exposure too. But, you know, Sydney, it's good seeing him go somewhere where they need that. Yeah, share it around a little. Yeah. Um, any cards for this week, lads? Can we go back to last week and mention victory versus Adelaide or we'll skip over that one? Everyone uh, knows what happened there. Yeah, we we obviously know our like our pro Josh front there. Like we, like it was piss week what happened. Mm. And it shouldn't happen. That's yeah. a long story short. Do you have anything yeah, so you want to say? I'll, I'll just bring it up and say disgusting because I could rant and rave. I could rant and rave. <laughs> hours about this so i'll just leave it disgusting pull your heads in yeah 100 yeah. percent. uh kelsey anything no i can't think of anything to be geez i haven't had anything to be negative on in weeks yeah are you okay <laughs> yeah, this is odd um, change yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know how to feel um yeah i, I do have something have to it. say it's not a card though you yep. said that the weakest cup was the World War Two Cup. There's, there's actually a weaker cup mm. than that. It's called the Emirates Cup. The, the tournament Arsenal holds for pre-season every year. That is a joke of a thing. I'm an Arsenal actually, supporter I, and I know that's I'll a joke. I'll tell you what's worse than that. Spurs Audi Cup. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And then they celebrate it like it's a trophy and release DVDs yeah. on it. Yeah. No, I've only got one proper small one from this week, though. It's international break again. Couldn't watch the Premier League. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, see you next week, Premier League. That's my small card for this week. Yeah, I don't the, know the window is handle it. Dampened my spirits mm-hmm. a bit, you know, not having it for two weeks. Yeah. Hey, at least my two African boys have uh, got through to the semis in the AFCON, so that's all right. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot They'll of good things go- about the AFCONs. Any, any highlights? And a lot of bad. Yeah, highlights. Uh, the play's been... Look, the play hasn't been fantastic, but the highlights has been the entertainment value. Goals and red cards pretty much every single game. So it's been entertaining as anything. But there are some bad things about it too. You see the organisation, the way certain teams are being, the bigger teams are being treated better and they're staying in better accommodation, that sort of thing. I've heard of some of the lower teams not even being able to get milk for their coffee for two, three days just because they've been chucked out into huts in the middle of nowhere. So thumbs down to that. Thumbs down for the prep, uh, the organisation around the cross that killed some people at uh, the... I forget which game it was. It might have been a Cameroon game, I think. But entertainment value, it's been good. Nice. Um, any final comments for this week's pod? Um... Am I going to have to do the Epstein outro? <laughs> I guess we will. Um... <laughs> no, look, yeah, I... I'm happy the club's bounced back. I'm happy we're back on the right foot. Um, you know, hopefully we don't get any more um, COVID outbreaks in the team and we can just keep progressing. Yeah, I I think we're going in a good direction. We're currently sitting tied second place for first. Like, we're freaking second, worst case, of the currently. 
I think we're doing well. It's the club's doing well. We've got a good good set of players. I don't. I'm not negative. I don't have anything to be negative about. I have one uh, thing to be negative about because you have seen in the even in the past couple of seasons we've had a lot of home games earlier on, and as we've come towards the back end of the season, our fixtures that have stuck that like. We've had a bunch of away fixtures in a row, and that's when we've seen our performances drop. So that's the only thing I don't want to get ahead on ourselves is it looks like we're going to have that same sort of run this year where there's going to be a lot more away games in the second half of the season. And we we have to learn from our past two seasons if we want to actually do well. If we want to not just finish in a final spot, if we want to finish in a top two spot, we have to we have to be better than what we were. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, defensively, we're a bit more aware in the away games as opposed to as naive as we have been going away to some away venues. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, well, that about wraps us up for the week. Don't forget to check us out on social media for up-to-date West United content. Share, like, subscribe, review, and all West, aren't we? Always, don't we? Gillen! Always.